Hey guys, welcome to the Ahsoka trailer breakdown. Uh, I'm going to be doing this with my face, of course. I just think it's a little easier to go into everything because we've got a lot to talk about as we go through clip to clip to clip. So let's begin. Okay, so right off the bat, we see Ahsoka going through some old ancient ruins. Now, I think she is on Lothal. I think she is trying to go to the world between worlds. And she says something is coming. Now, what this something is, well, who really knows? But it's obviously going to be Dark Jedi. It's going to be Thrawn and just a whole bunch of malicious stuff. So here she is basically at what I think is some sort of a passage door to the world between worlds, which, as we know, is a very difficult place to open. And only Ezra could do it. She throws her two lightsabers down, twirls them, which is a really cool move. We saw Anakin and Obi-Wan do this in Revenge of the Sith in a deleted scene uh, on the Invisible Hand ship. Uh, just above Coruscant. Clearly, I believe this is the actual world between worlds. Entrance sort of to get to the, the place. Um, as we can see, all these different star maps and signs on the walls. She obviously senses something, she says. Thrawn, evil, dark Jedi. I love how the Lucasfilm logo is red. It's usually always green, and then they change it to a darker green. But red looks really cool and ominous. Sabine Wren, the long-awaited Sabine Wren, sitting, staring at her helmet. Of course, all the Rebels fans know who exactly Sabine Wren is. Now, Sabine Wren is a Mandalorian, and she did wield the Darksaber for a little bit in Rebels. Uh, there's a lot of controversy around that. Some people say that, you know, it wasn't really rightfully earned because Kanan gave it to her in a sense. But I think that once she fought Gar Saxon and defeated him, uh, it was kind of like a rightful claim. Lothcat from Rebels. Cute little guys. So, obviously, I think, you know, before Ahsoka did the whole... Or actually when she's maybe getting out of the world between worlds because it seems like there's some sort of a circular entrance here unless that's a shadow and i'm making a mistake but it seems like there are droids that are protecting this place and these may be put in by thrawn's people centuries that have been put there for many years it could be remnants of the empire that they have there they have these centuries uh, put in to protect the place whatever it may be they are now alerted of ahsoka's entrance and they got a fighter and she probably, you know, dismantles them. So the, the most interesting for me is definitely these new Dark Jedi. And apparently word on the street is, well, this guy's name is Balin, as we can clearly see. He is a Dark Jedi that has been uh, basically survived Order 66. Him and his apprentice are loyal to Thrawn, is what I'm hearing. This is his apprentice, and she looks really cool. I'm getting like a Bane and Darth Xana kind of vibe. Now, something that's interesting, a lot of you guys are saying that this is Kanan Jarrus' lightsaber, Hilt. I personally don't think it is, but it does look somewhat similar. As we can see, there are some similarities, uh, especially this one does look in you know, like a good angle. But I think we can clearly see that the top part of the hilt, the emitter, looks quite different here on the actual one from this apprentice. This, I believe, is Lothal, and Sabine Wren is overlooking the city. Ahsoka and Sabine meet up. Now, I don't think this is after rebels at the end of rebels because ahsoka doesn't have her white getup yet she doesn't have her staff so i'm thinking that the ahsoka show actually goes in different segments of time um perhaps you know after perhaps covering many different eras you know from the clone wars with anakin and we heard we're going to be getting you know hayden christensen returning and we're going to get anakin flashbacks so we could even start as early as the clone wars we could go up until you know into rebels and we can go into the timeline of the Mandalorian, which is five years after Return of the Jedi. So this could be a different era that we're seeing. 
perhaps not just current date after the Rebels show. So this is cool. We get to see Mon Mothma and she's got a important role as we're aggressing through the Star Wars timeline. And it seems like she's now going to be working with perhaps even Ahsoka. Now in Legends, I have a video uh, that I released a while ago, a few years ago, where Mon Mothma was actually really productive when it came to um, being an ally to the Jedi, to Luke Skywalker. And she was really pro uh, Luke doing his thing and building the Jedi Order again. So she was a great friend and ally to him. So I, I think that she's going to be doing the same thing with Ahsoka. Now, they, they of course may change rules around with Luke and Ahsoka and you know move stuff here and there. But uh, I think ultimately it's going to be the same thing. Of course, this is Thrawn, Grand Admiral and I believe this is going to be played by Lars Mikkelsen. Now, Ahsoka says Thrawn is going to return as heir to the Empire, so essentially meaning that he is going to be the new Palpatine sort of thing, like the new um, Resurrector of the Empire. Uh, also, heir to the Empire is a callback to, of course, heir to the Empire trilogy by Timothy Zahn in the 90s. Now, this book took place right after the um, end of Palpatine and the Death Star in the Empire, or so we thought. It takes place right after Return of the Jedi, where Luke, trying to find himself and learning to be the Jedi that he becomes in Legends, and there's this clone of a former Jedi named Joris Sabaoth. Joris Sabaoth is a clone, and he is absolutely insane. He's very powerful, and Thrawn approaches him to work with him, and essentially the two work together, and this is kind of the vibe that I'm getting with this, is that Thrawn is working with these Dark Jedi. Now, if we get to see Yasulamari, that would be really cool. Nice little touch. The Yasulamari were these uh, li lizard beings that they would attach themselves to Thrawn, like they hang on his shoulder, and they would protect him from anyone who has the Force. So it basically makes you immune to the Force if you have these creatures on you. So this is the Magistrate Morgan Elsbeth. I believe that she is actually a Night Sister. She is one of the very last Night Sisters around. I believe she has a lot of dark magic abilities and magic is something that we haven't really dived into that much in star wars we have heard rumors that ahsoka show will go into a place called the beyond and this will actually dive into the magic of star wars which is like what the night sisters used and i think she is one of the remaining night sisters left so to see how we incorporate magic compared to the force is going to be pretty neat it's going to be weird seeing maybe like you know like green aura and smoke uh being used like the night sisters did with their magic but i think um you know this is something that george created and it's it, we gotta we gotta adapt to it i personally think it's gonna be neat to see so we'll see what happens okay so this is a big moment here this of course is the world between worlds this is where ahsoka goes and she this is probably after her seeing like a ton of different timelines and she apparently will see the timeline with anakin and obi-wan and that'll be probably a very emotional scene to see now i think personally that this dude either followed her in there or she went to a different timeline and pulled him out now of course it's been uh, somewhat confirmed, I guess. I don't really know for sure if he is a survivor of Order 66 or not, but apparently he is. My guess originally when I watched the trailer before you guys told me that information was that he was a some sort of a, a dark Jedi from a previous era, maybe Old Republic, you know, given his uh, his armor. You know, he looks like kind of like a, a knight, a knight of Templar. Perhaps she goes into this world where this dude exists and he bests her and follows her out of the actual portal and now is in the world but i don't think so anyways apparently he's a survivor of order 66 how he got into here i don't know because it is very difficult to get into the world between worlds only ezra could do it and, you know palpatine couldn't even do it he could only do it through his use of magic and sith alchemy and that was you know by opening a portal so anyways this world between worlds has me very interested i personally am not a fan of time travel unless it's back to the future but something like this of course we'll see you know how they're going to 
hopefully not dismantle the entire timeline and make things sort of um, pointless. But anyways, these two are now meeting in the world between worlds. Obviously, they have to fight for some sort of a very important galaxy-changing moment that I guess, you know, good versus evil. If Ahsoka wins, then, you know, she'll leave the timeline untampered. If he wins, he'll change something, perhaps. That's my theory. That's my thoughts on it. But, you know, there must be some sort of a purpose that they're here and they're fighting. This orange lightsaber. A lot of people are really pissed off about it. I actually really like it. It brings me back to the old OT 90s posters where Vader had a... Uh, some, some of them were pink, but the core was orange. And judging by his hilt, it looks like he is perhaps akin to the older ways. And I think this crystal obviously is imbued in a different way than other lightsabers are. Um, I'm down to get more lightsaber colors, different lightsaber colors. Orange has always been a thing in Legends. So I think it's really dope. I think it's really cool. Actually, I like it. Uh, it's fresh. It's new. It's different. That being said, it, it does kind of look like how you would, uh, you know, take a picture of your lightsaber in a camera uh, if the uh, exposure is down or something like that. So, um... Some people like it, some people love it, some people hate it. It is what it is. I like it. Okay, so here they are, of course, gearing up for battle. So here she is using Form 5. Uh, she's using a variant of Form 5. Uh, she is proficient in Jar Kai, which is the use of two blades. One of her blades is shorter, the other one is longer. Seems like she's using the longer one here. The shorter one is good for little quick strikes to the gut and this and that to just impale the enemy. Um, as they may not be expecting it. Clearly, this is some sort of a station where I guess they have coordinates to things. I'm not exactly sure what the significance is here. Um, these could also be just be holograms and star symbols that are in the sky and they're trying to figure out different star paths or systems that they need to go to for some sort of an important reason. Maybe they're trying to find Thrawn. Maybe they're trying to find Ezra. I don't really know. It To me, it looks like the world between worlds, but it could also just be a massive hologram now the rumors of these dark jedi's last names are also skull and hattie skull and hattie if you played god of war ragnarok which is one of my favorite games subscribe to the gaming channel at theories arcade have a very interesting story there are two wolves and they basically chase after the sun and moon now in norse mythology these wolves are typically evil goal is known as the one who hates and hattie is the one who mocks i guess we can see you know an interesting dynamic if these truly are the last names of these characters we should see a cool dynamic between the two and how they interact with the world with the galaxy now i also want to add if you notice here we do see that she and i believe her name is shin is wearing the same sort of headpiece communication device that obi-wan is wearing in the prequel trilogy so I do believe that she is a Jedi from the prequel trilogy from the time of the Republic. This is, uh, so when I was watching the trailer, I thought, you know, maybe this is just an alternate timeline of Anakin Skywalker if he had never burned. This is him when he's older. This is obviously a scene very reminiscent of the Vader scene in Rogue One. And I'm thinking, okay, maybe if, you know, Ahsoka went into a timeline and she like looked at different possibilities of things that could have happened. And if Anakin had never burned on Mustafar, never lost to Obi-Wan, then perhaps this would have been him because this scene is like literally out of Rogue One, but it's just replacing Vader with, you know, this dude with, with what looks like old Anakin. We know that's not the case. I just thought it was an interesting theory that I thought of before I knew anything else. He's obviously using Force Choke here. And, uh, you know, obviously this is like a very dark kind of maneuver, uh, very akin to Vader, but also all their other Tark side users all use this technique, including Maul and everyone else. So. It's not just uh, copyrighted to, um, to Vader or Anakin. Now, his saber is still very orange, regardless of the light. So this tells me that definitely this crystal is different. There's something special to it. And uh, I'm looking forward to see you know, what Dave Filoni has in store for that crystal. This, of course, is Ezra Bridger. 
and uh, this is our first live action viewing of him. I think she's just looking at an old hologram of him. I think she just misses him. And the whole premise of the Ahsoka show will probably be to hunt Ron down to find Ezra and to save him. Now on the wall, we've got, you know, the wolves, you know, the magical wolves. We've the Loth Wolf. We've got the Loth Cat. Now, as for who this is, I have absolutely no clue. Uh, it could be another Inquisitor, of course, or it could be just, you know, some dark side user. Either way, looks like Ahsoka just absolutely bests him or her and destroys them. So uh, across the screen, it's saying, you know, rebel, outcast, warrior. And the reason for this, of course, because she is an outcast because the Jedi Temple pretty much almost arrested her because of something that Barriss Afi did. And I'm thinking if they're going to ever put some sort of a villain into an Ahsoka show, it's got to be Barriss Afi. So yeah, maybe that, you know, Inquisitor could have been Barriss Afi. Maybe we haven't even seen her just yet, but Barriss Afi essentially framed Ahsoka for something she didn't do, and she was going to go to jail for it. In the end, of course, Ahsoka was freed, and the Jedi Temple essentially said, you know, we're sorry we made a mistake, we wanted to come back after exiling her, and she told them, no, I'm not going to. And of course, we get that, you know, beautiful scene where she says goodbye to Anakin, and Anakin, you know, reveals his doubts of the Jedi Temple too. This is really the moment where Anakin, I think, you know, kind of was broken, or really cemented his overall thoughts of the Jedi Temple. Uh, and, and just how kind of like weird and disillusioned they are. So she definitely is an outcast. She's a warrior and she's, of course, a rebel. So here's the droid from Star Wars The Clone Wars. This guy helped put all of the crystals and lightsabers together for the younglings on Ilum. And if you guys remember, this dude was very helpful. He was um, he's, he's a very old character from Clone Wars and it's nice to see him again. He says perhaps it's time to begin again and you know a lot of people are taking different contexts to this thinking that it's perhaps it's time to begin to be a Jedi again because Ahsoka doesn't see herself as a Jedi. Maybe it's time for her to start her own Jedi Academy or her own Force User Academy. Uh, maybe take the way of the Bendu or something like that. Or maybe it's just time to begin, you know, training again or something. Here we got the Ahsoka plate and of course behind it is the World Between Worlds maps and star systems. So I think the World Between Worlds will be extremely center-focused in this show. I think the ability to time travel is something that is very sensitive. You can really mess up an entire franchise with time travel. It just sort of denounces everything and makes it sort of pointless because, well, let's just use time travel. We can fix it. But in the case of Back to the Future, you know, when it's centered around time travel, it's pretty cool. However, in Star Wars, it's a bit more of a new concept, and it's always very sensitive going into something that dangerous that can really you know crumble everything or make it really cool and interesting so i hope they don't dabble too much i hope they don't change too much of the timeline um perhaps we could see a version of the sequel trilogy that was different you know that would be cool to at least see it she walks by perhaps um portal maybe she walks by you know ray fighting palpatine and she is the voice that says you know come on you can do it um, as Dave Filoni said, you know, she's neither dead nor alive because he can't confirm. So maybe it's something like that, you know, where she just like pokes her head and she's like, yo, you can do it. The force is with you, Ray. Yeah, I hope they don't touch too much with time travel because it can get very, very finicky and very sensitive. But beyond that, I am very excited for the show. You know, as critical as I am of, of Star Wars and Disney, I think the only last bit of hope that we have is Dave Filoni. He is very respectful of George. He knows what Star Wars is. And I hope they just give him a lot of free reign to do what he wants. Because I think if there's any last hope at Star Wars, it is Dave Filoni. Um, if he's gone, you know, really, uh, it's up in, the, up in the air. It really depends on who makes what project and what sort of uh, narrative they have or, you know, what, how much free reign they have. Because I know that Disney 
really does poke their finger into like literally everything. So for this show, I'm very looking forward to it. I'm very excited. I have high hopes that it's going to be everything we want it to be and that it's not going to be a letdown. I mean, look at the Kenobi trailer and it really wasn't everything we thought. I think that this show, you know, directed and created by Dave Filoni has a lot more hope than any other project that we've had so far. And so for those reasons, I'm very excited. I think Ahsoka will venture into the beyond and find more about Sith magic, dark side magic, and learn more about the things that we haven't really um, d- dive, do- dove, in- dove into before in Star Wars. And I think that's going to be really fun too. As for this Dark Jedi, you know, Heir to the Empire type of stuff, Thrawn coming back. I think there's a lot of potential for a lot more seasons to come. Um, I was really excited for The Mandalorian after this season, at least up until episode six. I haven't been all that excited, but it's nice to have Ahsoka being there in the background, you know, waiting for us for uh, August. And I'm, I think it's going to be, I think it's going to be the best show. I really do. I, th- I think with Dave Filoni on it and having as much control as he does, hopefully, dude, I hope, I hope, I'm not getting my hopes up. He's going to do a great job. So that's it. That's my breakdown for the Ahsoka trailer, teaser trailer. I hope you guys enjoyed it. Let me know if you, if I left anything out. I hope you're excited too. Let me know what you like or didn't like about it. Um, follow me on Twitter at RealSWTheory, and I'll chat with you guys there. Until the next episode, remember, the Force will be with you. Boys. Boys.